Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Father, we welcome you. Actually, you're already here, but we continue to welcome you as our hearts remain open and humble and teachable, Father, to hear what you have to say. Right now in this moment, we release any spirit that would oppose the work of the Lord in this next 30 minutes. Lord, we pray all distractions would cease. We pray all resistance would cease. And we thank you, you are here, Spirit of God. You are moving mightily. You are moving, God, because you love us. We thank you that in this moment, as Ariel was sharing, shame gets casted off. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no shame. There is no fear, Father. And so I pray right now, and I come alongside your daughters, Father, in a posture of surrender to say, here we are, Father. Speak to us tonight. Change our hearts, change our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. You can have a seat. Well, how are we doing again? You know, I've been carrying something around in my spirit for the last month regarding tonight. And if I were to actually share with you what I was hearing and what I was sensing and what I was feeling, I think some of you would be weirded out. So I'm actually going to keep some of it to myself, but don't worry, I talked to the Lord about it already and we already did business on your behalf. It wasn't pretty what I was hearing and what I was sensing, but it was powerful. It wasn't pretty, but the urgency was there. It's like I heard the literal resistance of things not wanting to let go of some people in here. It's like I heard the resistance. I felt, I heard the struggle of things not wanting to let some of you go. It's almost like I got a picture of something grabbing someone by their coattails and just say, I'm not letting you go. And I was feeling and sensing and hearing in my spirit the struggle, the tension, the resistance. And, and I couldn't get the sound out of my ear over the last two to three weeks and it bothered me. It bothered me so much because I'm like, how dare you devil try to have a hold of God's daughters? How dare you devil try to keep God's daughters that he has saved, redeemed and bought with a very expensive price, the blood of Jesus. How dare you devil? But the truth of the matter is, unfortunately, sometimes we have blind spots in our life. We have blind spots in our walk with God that actually keeps doors open, that allows for strongholds to be created where the enemy can actually come and reside. But I heard the resistance. I heard the struggle of things not wanting to come off. And I actually believe already in this moment, I, as I was preparing even today, and I felt like the Lord was changing things, I felt that even in this moment, some of you are already feeling agitated. Some of you are already aggravated by me talking. Some of you have already been bothered by the worship. Something inside of you is already like, shut up, lady. I'm sick of ya. It's not very nice to say, by the way. <laughs> but I believe that in this moment, there is an enemy that will be exposed. And it's anything that is contrary to the spirit of God is an enemy to our soul, is an enemy to who we are in Christ. Anything that uh, opposes God himself, opposes God, uh, God's word, the enemy is the devil himself. It is his demonic influences and even our flesh can become our enemy. And while I truly believe there are practical things that we can do in our life that helps us get unstuck, obviously that's why we have transform. It's getting unstuck in the four big things of life. It's financial, it's spiritual, it's relational, it's physical. There you go. I always get the physical one wrong. 
Got to get back to that gym, right, Anna? I will get back to you on the text tomorrow, I promise. <laughs> she texts me every week, so are we going to the gym? And I ignore that text. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Not tomorrow, I'm sleeping in tomorrow, but, you know, the day after. <laughs> or the day after that. I felt clearly tonight that my assignment was to help some of you break free from this resistance. There is a resistance. I just kept hearing it. There's a resistance. Even now, some of you are just getting a little uncomfortable in your chair. You're feeling the resistance in your spirit. You don't like where this is going. It's not you. It's, it's something that's opposing God's promise for you. It's something that's opposing God's freedom in your life, and, and you're feeling agitated. There is a resistance that comes against the holiness of God, a resistance that does not want us to fully submit to the Lordship of Christ. There is a resistance that comes against our true freedom, but tonight it will be exposed I have my assignment and if it's okay I'd like to give you one have an open heart examine your heart because sometimes we have blind spots and sometimes especially if we've been a Christian for longer than two seconds we think we're all right and we know better and that sister that message is for you but I have found Every time I write a sermon, the message is for me. A lot of times when I'm preaching, everyone's like, preach it to that sister. I'm like, I'm preaching it to me, sister. And so tonight, would you open your heart? Would you search your heart and say, Father, here I am. We don't have a lot of space at the altar, but your seat can become an altar tonight. And even now as I speak, you don't have to wait for my words, for points. You don't have to wait for any of that. Even now, God can start exposing perhaps that camouflaged giant that has been pressing against you, that has been screaming within you, and you have no idea why there's this anger fueling with inside of you. I look at people sometimes and I see the anger in their eyes. I'm like, oh, there's an opposing spirit. Oh, there's a rebellious spirit. And that is what we're going to talk about tonight. But before we talk a little bit more of that, about that, I want to remind us of some very important truths. We are a house of freedom. We are called to walk as women who are free. We are women purposed and positioned for victory because we have already received his victory. Just like salvation, it was given freely, now we walk it out. His freedom has been given freely, now we walk it out. His holiness has been given to us, and now daily we walk it out as we walk into sanctification. We are not women who cower in fear because in a moment when I break out what I feel like God's asking me to expose tonight, you need to be full of faith first. I need you to be full of faith. I need you to know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I need you to know there is no shame when the voice of God speaks. Shame says you're bad. God says I've made you good, but keep walking with me and I'll make you better. That is the difference between the voice of shame. That is the voice between the voice of God. One shames you, one keeps you down, one keeps you far, one brings you near. I need you to be clothed in faith before I go much further. We are not women who cower in fear. Second Timothy 1.7, he has not given us a spirit of what? But of power and of love and of a... Come on, of a sound mind. We are women who pray boldly. I need you to get that in your spirit tonight because when we go do business in a little bit, I need you to know that we are not beggars at the king's gate. We are daughters around a father's table. We are royalty before the king of kings, and we're not begging our God to please free us. No, we're coming to an open table, a banquet that is prepared for us to receive all that he's given to us. Get that in your spirit. You're not a beggar. You are a daughter, and you have been made righteous before him. We are women who hear that there is an enemy to take down and we get busy about it, not complacent or scared about it. There's a whole lot of people who talk a lot about spiritual warfare, but there's no action. They're all talk, no power. All talk, no fruit. We will see the fruit of freedom tonight. 
Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 12 says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Wake up call. The devil has strategies. While you're there just scrolling through social media or Netflixing your life away, he is actually using your complacency, sometimes our apatheticness, as a strategy to keep you ineffective and disarmed and unuseful for the things of the kingdom of God. Not that there's anything wrong with scrolling sometimes. There's nothing wrong with a good Netflix thing here and there. We've got one life, though. And how are we living it? Verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. No, this is not Lord of the Rings I'm reading. This is the Word of God I'm reading. People are like, is she reading out of that like crazy movie thing? Lord of the Rings, I last five minutes. I'm just going to be honest. Anthony loves Lord of the Rings. He loves all those crazy, like, weird, I think they're all demonic. It's like, it's not demonic. It's good versus evil. I'm like, it's demonic. I just, that's my way of saying I don't want to watch it. You know, I'm like, no, it's, I will not subject my eyes before anything unholy. And he's like, all right, babe. He's probably watching right now. Hi, honey, I love you. And just, you're amazing. And I'll see you later. Thanks for watching, Hope. Um, Anyway. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts, underline rebellious, and teach them to obey Christ. This is a very important next scripture right here. This will be key to everything that we do here tonight. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The word submit is probably one of the most nastiest word today among the feminist movement. Submit. How dare you tell me to submit? Submit. I'll tell you to submit. There's this weird sense that the word submit, which means submission, which is to come under mission, come under God's mission. If we have a godly husband who's under the mission of Christ, why would I not want to submit to that? Why would I not want to submit to the protection that God has ordered in the house of God? Submit is a beautiful, powerful, perfecting and protecting word full of favor and blessing. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Not submit, therefore, to your feelings. Not submit, therefore, to the parts of Scripture that fit your narrative. Our power comes from submitting to God, resisting the devil. We can't resist him if we can't recognize, though, the way he works and how he talks. I need you to remember before we go any further that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Some people, the moment we start talking about spiritual warfare, they're like, oh no, she's going to talk about demons again. I hate when she talks about demons again. Why? Why are we scared? They're like grasshoppers. Just step on it. It's like, what, what? Like, come on. Like, I was reading today in 1 Samuel. No, not 1 Samuel. Numbers. It was cha- numbers, very different from Samuel. But Numbers, Old Testament, still on the same side of the you know, Bible. Numbers 13 and 14, it was when um, Moses told Joshua, Caleb, and 10 other spies to go check out the promised land. And, and two of them came back, and they saw the bountifulness of this beautiful land. And, and they were like, wow, we can take them, and this is going to be great. And then the 10 other ones were like, no, you're crazy. There's giants. We look like grasshoppers them and I'm like wait a second no 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 they look like grasshoppers to us the giants are grasshoppers to us and I love what Caleb said Caleb said they are our bread those giants they're like our side of fries with ketchup for us or donuts whichever you prefer greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world oh don't fear Do not fear. Exposing the enemy is not to shame you. It's not to condemn you. It's to free you. Exposing the enemy just means that God loves you and he wants you full of his victory, full of his love, full of his promise. It's all available to you already. 
the word I kept getting in my spirit, the resistance that I kept sensing is rebellion. Such an old word. I don't know why he always gives me the old words. I'm like that like young 21 year old who talks like an old lady all the time, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not 21, I know, you guys are shocked. <laughs> I know, like she's not, no, guys, I'm not. <laughs> Rebellion, it's a resistance to full surrender. It's a resistance to the submitting of God's word. It's a resistance to coming under the mission of God's purpose. It's a resistance that won't allow you to be a follower, but is okay to leave you a fan. I'll be a fan. I like Jesus. He died for me. I like him. I won't follow him, though. I don't like what he says. I have to surrender, I have to submit. We don't talk about submission in 2022. I'm a woman, women's rights, equality. Man, we need some strong men because our world will be even more messed up than it already is. We need strong men and women. The future is male and female. All these shirts that say the, womb, the future is female, I'm like, and male you want equality and male we need strong men full of the power full of the spirit of god who can roar like a lion in the right places and a lamb in the right places we need women of god who are strong full of the spirit uncompromising but rebellion is a resistance that keeps us from submitting to god fully i'll be a fan but not a follower I'll follow what is convenient on Sunday, but forget him on Friday night and Saturday night. About a month or so ago, on two separate occasions, I was speaking to two different women. One was a one-on-one -on -one conversation, and another one was in a small group of women. We went out for dinner, and that was fun. And in the first occurrence, as I was speaking to this woman, she was just sharing with me some of her struggles and her reactions to her struggle. And it was weird, and those who are close to me know this happens to me sometimes. I'll get like a weird prophetic word or a vision or a picture or something. It's strange. I'll be like, no. Actually, me and Ashley were talking about this the other day. And as this woman who I love dearly and respect and honor dearly was talking to me, I literally saw this sentence over her head. And it was from 1 Samuel chapter 15, 21. It says, for as rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And I saw the picture and I was like, oh, that's awkward. And I was like, oh, I'm not gonna talk to her about it now. I'm like, that's awkward. So I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, I'm not gonna tell her that. Like, she's amazing. And we all have our blind spots. I have my blind spot. So like a week later, I was talking to her and I was like, hey, just so you know, like the other day when we were like talking, I don't know, something like so weird happened. Like this like thing came over your head and said something about rebellion. Does that sound accurate? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, huh. Hmm. I was like, is that yes or no? <laughs> and I don't remember. I don't, honestly, I have no, no idea what she said after that. She might have said yes. She might have said, I'm not sure. Let me pray about it. But I just remember feeling very awkward bringing this to her. And I'll tell you later after I ask her if she said yes or no, what she said. But I don't remember now. But moving along, the second conversation fast forward a few weeks having a fun night with some friends and we're talking and one of the girls in the group was just saying a funny comment about some of her tendencies and we were all laughing and you know and it was like oh how funny yes girls are so stubborn sometimes and all of a sudden same thing for rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols I was like, you're not gonna make me tell her this too now, are you? Like, this is so awkward, we're having fun, it's a girls' night out, you know? And I didn't say it though, I kept that one to myself. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. This scripture has been stirring me a lot since then. It, it's bothered me. It felt like, come on, it's not a big deal, God. Like, what do they say? I mean, it's not really anything major. They're just being girls. You know, we're stubborn sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, like, what's the big deal, Lord? Why are you making this such a big deal? Rebellion and witchcraft, I mean, so different, isn't it? 
And so I started actually breaking open the Bible and reading all the different things on rebellion. And I actually took this passage of 1 Samuel 15 and pulled it apart and actually got to understand a little bit deeper the, the, the truth behind rebellion, the, the roots of which rebellion is, and then started learning about witchcraft even more. And I'll read that scripture to you, 1 Samuel 15, 23. It says, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the commands of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And this is King Saul when prophet Samuel confronts him for disobeying God. You see, King Saul did what was right in his own eyes. He's like, I know God told me to do that, but eh, I think this is a better idea. How often do we do that? I know God's word says that, but that's not prevalent for me today. I know God's word says this, but nah, you know. How many of us do that sometimes? God says rebellion and witchcraft are at the same level of evil in his sight. The Lord detests witchcraft, all forms of it. The penalty for practicing witchcraft under the Mosaic law was death. Let's unpack witchcraft a little further. Yes, we're going there. If you brought your friends tonight, I'm sorry. You can have them listen to one of Sunday's messages. It's not as awkward sometimes. Well, sometimes it is. Depends who's preaching. If it's me or Anthony, it's probably going to be awkward. What is witchcraft? It is Satan's attempt at imitating the power of God. And it is his attempt to counterfeit true and godly spirituality. Hear that again. It is Satan's attempt at imitating the power of God. It means there is power. There is power. But it's counterfeit power. It's not as powerful. The Bible clearly condemns all forms of witchcraft in the Old and in the New Testament. But the difference between the old and the new, and the old you were sent into death for dabbling in the occult and, and witchcraft, and in the New Testament, well, you were just, you know, told not to do it and hope to God that you met Jesus and gave your life to him. Witchcraft has many legs to it. Let's take a look at Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14. It says, when you enter the land of the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. If you've done these things, there's forgiveness for you. Okay, I want to make sure you know that right now. This is not to condemn you. It's to awaken you. It's to educate you on the truth. But you must be blameless, blameless, be, blameless, did I say it right? Before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Witchcraft is Satan's realm. It is his arena. Back in March, when we had our first Resilient Woman of the Year, I had a very similar word about this kind of stuff. It was different, but similar. And at the altar, we had people coming and bringing like, uh, what are those things called? Like evil eye bracelets and necklaces and all these charms and these idols and these statues and even condoms. Like people were bringing stuff, yes, not used, but like, you know what I mean. <laughs> all right, settle down. But they were bringing a lot of that stuff. All right, calm down, take a deep breath. Whew, she said condoms in church, oh my gosh. Yes, it's okay, breathe. Fast forward a few months later, I went to a church felt the word to do the same thing but there was such an opposing spirit in that house it was unbelievable actually fast forward another month or two i got invited to go speak in california at a women's conference there oh my gosh the presence of god was just like ripe it was like i mean i felt like yeah miracles were happening the moment they said boo like it was just happening and at the altar, people came, similar message. They were just bringing all their stuff at the altar. People were being delivered at the altars. It was insanely amazing to see the power of God move that way on the West Coast. Yes, even in California. God bless the Californians. Pastor Katie is from there. 
And tonight, you'll have a chance to do that too. I remember after that resilient woman getting messages and text messages and people emailing me. Like, I went home and, and a bunch of my girls from Transform Groups, they threw, threw out their tarot cards, they threw out their Ouija boards, they threw out these movies and these songs and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yes. That is submitting to the authority of God's word. That is submitting to God's protection. It is submitting to God's commands. Stay away from witchcraft. It is Satan's arena. Witchcraft is real. It has power. It performs stuff. It's where the devil actually excels in counterfeiting what God does. What does that mean? He literally, he's good at it. He's good at imitating the power of God, but we know it's so like, it's weak. It, it's like imitation bags. Like, you know, when people walk around with imitation, like Louis bags and I don't know what the Chanel and things like that. I don't even know what they're really called. Like some people love it. I don't, I don't really carry bags because I lose them. So I don't carry them. Not that I lose them. I just don't care. But anyway, I only care about my phone. Other than that, like there's Apple Pay now. You don't need your wallet anymore. It's amazing. Witchcraft is real though. <laughs> it performs stuff. It's where the devil actually excels in counterfeiting what God does. Please know I said counterfeit, meaning fake, meaning not powerful, meaning not as powerful, meaning imitation, meaning it will eventually break apart and break on you. Yeah. If you want to understand that a little bit more, we won't have time tonight because I only have nine minutes and I'm only on the intro. Open up the Bible when Moses went to Pharaoh and God commanded Moses to go to Pharaoh and he told Moses to perform these miracles and the magicians of the palace, the sorcerers, were able to also do some of the same miracles. But then Moses' miracles were stronger than Pharaoh's magicians. That's just one example of the many that we have. It's important to understand that although Satan is not as powerful, he was one of God's highest angels, and he has the power to deceive. He has the power to emulate miracles. He has the power even to tell the future to a certain accuracy based on what he knows, and you can find all that. We won't have time to go into it now, but those of you who like to go back and check on everything, Luke 4, when Jesus is tempted by the devil, the devil showed his power. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, and we see Acts 16, 16 through 18. Great scriptures for you to understand a little bit more in depth witchcraft and the power of the enemy. So I'll say it again, witchcraft is Satan's realm. Rebellion, just like witchcraft, is a counterfeit, counterfeit experience of freedom. Rebellion, just like witchcraft, is a counterfeit experience of freedom. You see, rebellion is part of Satan's realm. If it's his personality and his character trait that he wants to impose on people, he is rebellious. It's what got him out of heaven into hell, roaming earth and opposing God's people. It's rebellion. So he wants part of his personality to be imposed on you so that you cannot have the fullness of the glory and the promise and the joy and the freedom that we find in Jesus. Rebellion wants to cut you off from true spiritual freedom. Isn't it funny, though, when we think of rebellion or being stubborn, it's almost like we think it's funny. Oh, she's so stubborn. <laughs> she's so funny. <laughs> oh, she's so rebellious. <laughs> or we hear people say, oh, I'm just a rebel. And there's this cool tone attached to it. Like, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm my own person. I'm my own boss. Like my kids. You're not the boss of me. Like Rachel, she's in here somewhere, and she'll tell Ben. Ben, you're not the boss of me. Or Hopi tells Shelly, you're not the boss of me. And I just roll my eyes like these kids are the boss of me. <laughs> it's almost like rebellion has become this right. I have a right to rebel. I have a right not to submit. I have a right to rebel if I don't agree with you. I have a right. If you don't like something, then I'm gonna keep doing it because I don't care if you don't like it. And to show you I don't care, I'm just gonna keep doing what you don't like. Rebellion and stubbornness is anything but cute or funny as described in the word of God. Rebellion is what gets young people into addictions that turn deadly. What's cute and funny about that? I know of someone who passed away when he was 18 years old of a heroin overdose. And I found a picture of him on a private account on social media that no one knew about except for his friends. But I'm a detective and I find everything. 
And I was like, oh, and I went through his pictures and it made me sick what I found. See, his mom had found a stash of his drugs above the medicine cabinet in his bathroom and left a little note for him saying, hey, we need to talk when you come home. And he posted that picture on social media and said, haha, poor parents think this kid will never be a drug addict or a drug something. A couple of years later, we buried him. That's cute. That's funny. Being rebellious is cute. It's funny. Being stubborn is cute and funny. We look at little toddlers, um, little stubborns, and then we laugh about it. And, and, that, and that, that attitude stays with them for years because we don't see it for what it is. It is evil in the sight of the Lord. Rebellion is what destroys marriages. What's cute about that? Rebellion and stubbornness is what keeps people bound in their sin. What's cute and funny about that? It's what get people hurt. It's what uh, people get abused by the world. It's being reckless with your life. What's cute about that? What rebellion is connected to, how it's described, what it's rooted in, the fruit of it. It's not cute or funny. It is not a personality type that one day, hopefully, you will grow out of. It just subsides a little bit. It camouflages a little bit, but it's inside. And when maybe someone's saying something to you, you smile on the outside, but the resistance is real on the inside. And that resistance turns to anger, and you don't understand why you're always so angry so angry and you have to accuse everybody else for your anger that is a spirit of rebellion trying to take you out and eat you up oh we're gonna expose that vile unclean thing tonight this message is coming from a heart that is heavy by how many people live in rebellion towards god disregarding his word not because they don't know it but because they actually know it and don't give a crap. The thing about the spirit of rebellion is that it tricks you. It manipulates you. It deceives you into thinking you are in control. You got this. You can stop whenever you want. You can start drinking even though the addiction runs in your family. You can stop when everyone, that's rebellion trying to deceive you and that you are in control, but actually you are out of control. You could be condescending to him. You can be condescending to your leader. You don't have to honor those who God has placed to lead you. No, that is called resisting. That is called rebellion. Rebellion tells the person it's controlling that they're deciding all on their own to live however they want to. But the truth is they are being bullied into a life of bondage and sin and they don't even see it. One of the common characteristics of the devil is twisting the truth. We have called rebellion being bold and being free and having our rights. We have called abortion women's rights. We have called lust love. We have called gender confusion compassion and inclusivity. We have made t-shirts, as I said earlier, the future is female and all about equality, but then if it's equality, why isn't male on that shirt? The devil loves to twist the truth. The devil is known for making things sound good with catchy slogans, but it's filled with deception. It's just like rebellion. Rebellion feels good. It satisfies the flesh. It says, I'm in control. It says, I don't care. I'll do what I want. It says, no one tells me what to do. It says, I'm my own person. I make up my own decisions. God knows my heart. He knows I love him, even though I don't follow him. Rebellion says, it's my life. It's my freedom. Rebellion says, I don't care that my husband would prefer that. I'm gonna do the opposite. Rebellion says, I don't care what my boss, what leader, my parent asks of me. I'll do what I want. Rebellion says, I'll do what feels right when it feels right to me. I'll do what is right in my own eyes. And I kept getting a picture that rebellion is like a toddler's 
temper tantrum raging within us. It says humility is weakness. It says surrender is foolish. It says submission is old fashioned. Yet those were the things that have held the gospel and the church of the living God. It's been humility. It has been surrender. It has been submitting to a God who loves us and not who's trying to keep things from us. He's trying to bring things to us. He's trying to keep the wrong things from us and bring the good things like joy, peace, freedom, wholeness. Oh, the blood of Jesus is for you. Now, before I go any further, let me say also that there is a rebellion that is for good. Like when we're standing against the teachings in schools that are confusing children. So rebelling against school boards is not only imperative, it is our obligation to speak up against these pure demonic things. The New Testament disciples and apostles were rebels for the gospel. Many martyred for their faith because it was illegal to be a Christian, let alone preach Jesus or the gospel. If something is in defiance of God's word, then our allegiance is to God. Our allegiance is first to God. We must first and foremost always obey Him. But tonight I'm talking about the sin of rebellion. Rebellion is like a demonic stronghold. It's like a father standing at his door with all his offspring all around him, the offspring of pride, offspring of self-righteousness, seduction, anger, self-destruction, addiction, withholding good, withholding love from someone. That is rebellion. Rebellion can rear its head in the form of a religious spirit. Just because you've been a seasoned, mature Christian for 20, 30 years, you're not exempt from being oppressed by a rebellious spirit because a lot of religious people in the name of following Jesus will not love their enemy, will not love people who think differently than them. Just because they sin differently than you does not mean they don't deserve God's grace like you do. Some people will refuse to extend grace, refuse to extend love and mercy to someone and a religious spirit refuses to show humility to others who may think differently. That Pharisee spirit, I'm better than you, look at me. Look at how I'm dressed, look at how I pray, look how I worship. That's a religious ugly spirit. Don't put up with that thing. Rebellion says, I do what I want with my health. I do what I want with my relationships, with my walk with God, with the world. I take my time. Everything is on my time. Delayed obedience is disobedience, my friends. James 4, 7, I'll read it again, states that we cannot resist the devil unless we are first submitted or surrendered to God. Rebellion keeps us from this submissive attitude, but repentance defeats rebellion. Just like witchcraft, rebellion is, it's attractive. There's an appearance of power. There's an appearance of self-reliance and control. Nothing's gonna break me. I know there are warning signs, but I got this. But it's counterfeit power. It's just enough to entice you and keep you bound. You think you're in control, but instead you're being controlled. Rebellion does not like surrender and never thinks it needs to surrender. Just the parts that is easy to surrender. Surrender is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to cost you something. If surrender is easy, then it's not surrender. To surrender something is to give up something you actually love. It's to give up something that, that maybe you thought was good for you, that maybe you just, it, it's hard to let, I, I don't wanna let it go, but I don't wanna let go of that, that toxic relationship. I don't wanna let go of that Ouija board. For some reason, I have this strange resistance to it. I, I, I don't know why, I just can't part ways with that, that thing that my mom gave me 20 years ago that was my great grandma's, although it's like totally drenched in demonic and idolatry. Like, I, 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 I'll never forget when I went to California, this woman came up to me and she had like 10 
I'm not even kidding you, 10, like um, all those like saints and all those thingies, like I don't know what they're called, but the rosemary thingy, what do you call those things? You know what I'm talking about. See, you guys are so awesome. She had all these things that she brought and she put her confidence in these things. And she's like, these are my grandmothers. She raised me. I can't part with them. They're, they're part of my spiritual heritage. It's what I pray to. I'm like, no, 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 sweetheart. I don't want to come against what your grandma gave you. And I'm not trying to put down on that. But you don't pray to that. You pray to him. You don't put your trust in a good luck charm. You don't put your hope in an evil eye. You don't put your hope in these statues that if I drop it they'll break no you put your hope in the unbreakable one you put your hope in the powerful one you don't put your hope on things you put your hope on him you don't put your hope on fragile things you don't put your hope on earthly things you put your hope on heavenly things you put your hope on the one who gave his life the one who is who has redeemed us and she looked at me and she said but I don't know why I, I can't take it off I can't I, and it was like this attach oh I got mad I was like I'll take it off for you you will not be bound in my presence God is here and she's like oh it's just pastor I just can't do it I was like give it to me I literally I was like Miriam settle down they're not used to Portuguese people over here you know settle down and I was like here and I just grabbed them I'm like I'll happily throw them out for you God bless you and my heart broke and I prayed for her. And I'm laughing about it now, but actually it was a really solemn moment because I saw the attachment that this had on her. Things, but I know there was sentiment attached, but we threw it out. Actually, there was a lot of stuff there in California. Lots of stuff. But lots of women left free that day. Rebellion does not like honor. Rebellion hates honor. It hates honor because it hates authority. Oh, it hates honor. It will look at you with disdain. Rebellion cannot look with love in its eyes. It refuses to love you. Rebellion will refuse to love authority. Rebellion does not like repentance. It does not like being held accountable. It does not like modesty. It does not like purity. It does not like humility. It does not like correction. Rebellion, after it has wreaked havoc on you, will try to find someone else to accuse and blame. Read it in the Bible. Look at the example of the Israelites. Every time they rebelled, they were looking for someone else to accuse. They would not honor their leader. They would not honor authority. They would dishonor. They would have dishonor in their eyes and with their actions. I'll tell you a funny story. And if you're in here, I'm sorry, but no one knows who it is. And I don't even know who it is. But we did an Instagram live not so long ago, me and Priscilla, one of our worship leaders. And I don't remember how it came up. I don't remember if someone asked a question or if we just talked about yoga. We're gonna go there for a second, okay? Um, and until about that day, I kind of was like, well, I'm not gonna do it because I have my own conviction, but you do you, boo-boo. That's how I kind of felt. But Pastor Yesi Padam, who those of you who don't know him, he is a missionary and an apostle in India. He started over 10,000 churches, not 8,000, 10,000 churches. And uh, he's seen many people in his ministry martyred for the gospel. He's an incredible man of faith. And, and so a couple of years ago, I was speaking with them because they live in India and yoga originates from India. It's, it's Hindu uh, roots, right? And so I was like, oh, you know, there's Christian yoga. And he was like, don't you dare practice Christian yoga. And I was like, oh, okay, why? And he's like, every position is a symbol of worship to a Hindu God. And I was like, but what if I don't like, you know, know that it's that and I'm just meditating on the goodness of God? He's like, well, now you know. I was like, darn it. Just kidding. I don't like yoga because it requires going to the gym. I don't go there. So, <laughs> sorry, babe, I'll go there eventually. Anna, I will go there eventually. I've been telling Anya, you guys, resilient woman, it's been two years I've been telling you this to her, isn't it? You know, I'll get there eventually, I promise. And I remember in that live, and look, you do you, boo-boo. I mean, I am not here. The Bible doesn't say don't do yoga, but it has other things that it does say. But on this live, 
There were some people who were like, yeah, I definitely don't do it. I get a check in my spirit. There's no way I'm doing that. And other people are like, I do it. I don't care. I don't feel anything. And, and it was just like, you know how Instagram is. Everyone's fighting with everybody. And I was like, oh gosh, this is why I don't do these things. But then one person, no condemnation, no shame, shame off, okay? One person was like, well, I don't care. Literally, I don't care. I'm gonna do it anyway. From that moment, I was like, oh yeah, yoga's from the devil. Because of the resistance, that rebellion, there was, that was a rebellious tone. It wasn't even, huh, let me go seek God about it. Let me look for myself. Let me look at the, no, it was like, I don't care. That is rebellion speaking. Well, I don't care. I'm gonna do what I want. That is rebellion. And from that moment, I was like, it's clear to me, yoga's from the devil. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But you do you, boo-boo. I'm just telling you what it means. I don't know if anyone here has ever felt the wrestle and resistance in your flesh to submit to God, to humble yourself, even though, even though there's a scream on the inside of you, maybe even right now that says, no, I don't want to submit. I believe even in this moment, some people are annoyed by this conversation. There is a scream inside of you, you will not resist. You will not surrender. You will not let go. You will not plant yourself. You will not go back to the house of God. You will just stay a fan and not a follower. There is a scream. There is a wrestle inside of you fighting for the lordship of your life. But when Jesus died for us, he did not just die to be Lord of Sunday. He wants to be Lord of all, every part of our heart, every part of our brokenness, every part of our desires, every part of our dreams. He, he wants to be Lord of all. Don't let rebellion keep a hold on you tonight. I know there are other giants to take down and honestly some of us may feel insignificant in this moment, riddled with shame, not even knowing where to start. I just want to say start with open hands. Start with an open heart. Say, God, search my heart, cleanse me from my sin, expose it. Some of you are literally angry because I gave examples here tonight and it bothered your spirit not because you don't like me it's because the enemy doesn't like the truth it's not because you don't like my examples it's because the enemy doesn't like the truth open your hands open your heart and say God search my heart cleanse me from my sin expose it he will never expose your area of weakness to shame you it is always to heal you it's always to bring you closer it's always to continue doing a work in you there is no shame in being free from these things there is no shame in recognizing you have been bullied by a spirit of rebellion that makes you not want to love your husband, serve your husband. What does that mean, serve your husband? We are to serve each other. Don't worry, my husband talks to the men too. The Bible says that men are to love their wives like Christ loves the church. So you're covered, ladies, okay? But I'm talking to you tonight. Remember tonight, why don't you stand to your feet? Remember the God who is with you. Remember the God who goes before you. Remember the God who has called you and appointed you and chosen you and established you. Oh, remember, he has given you a promise don't fear opposition. Don't fear the territory. Don't fear the giants that will make us stronger. Remember, those giants are side of fries. They make us stronger. Don't fear the fight. He equips us. Don't resist the stretch. Don't resist the call. Don't resist turning away from sin. Maybe there was a season where you were running hard after God. You surrendered. You were submitted. You were living a life on fire. And something distracted you. Something made you oppose that run, that surrender. Tonight, we are calling all the daughters back home. You may be here present, but your spirit's far.
You may lift your hands in worship, but your heart is far from God. You may say you love God, but are you a follower or just a fan? We're not gonna be bullied by the enemy anymore. He's gonna wanna throw a temper tantrum tonight because it doesn't like being exposed for who he is and he doesn't wanna be evicted from your life. But strong women are women who live full of surrender to Jesus and his word. Strong women are women who live with the heart to please the Father. Strong women are women who refuse to self-destruct by the manipulation of the enemy. Strong women are doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Strong women are led of the spirit and not of the spirit of the enemy. Strong women feel the resistance. They feel the fight. They get it in their minds, their hearts, their words, and their ready for action strong women don't give in to the lie of culture that says true freedom is doing whatever you feel is right when you feel it's right strong women love when it's hard to love strong women give when it hurts to give strong women submit to the Lord when it costs us something strong women are bold but have kindness in their eyes I don't know if anybody in here other than me has ever struggled with that resistance. There's a, a wrestle. You know you need to surrender. You know you need to just, but there's this fight. I, I felt it. I heard it. There's literally, even right now in this moment, there is a wrestle. Like, I don't want to obey God. I don't want to live God. I'll give him this, but I won't give him that. I don't want to honor. I don't want to be humble. I don't want to. I don't. That is a temper tantrum of the enemy. I want everyone to bow your head because I want this to be a private moment between me and each individual here because again, this is not a place of shame. It is a place of freedom. If there's anybody in this room and I give you my word, if you raise your hand, I will not judge you. But if there's anybody in this room who is currently in this moment struggling with that tug of rebellion right now, all across this room, will you lift your hand so I can see who I'm praying for? Yep. Yeah. You can put your hand down. Father, we loose your daughters right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we command every rebellious spirit to get off, to stop harassing, to stop opposing, to stop oppressing your daughters. I thank you that tonight will not be a spectacle for the enemy. It will be, Lord God, a moment of praise and celebration of freedom. I thank you, Lord, that the enemy will go without a fight. He will go quietly. He will go because he has lost with his tail between his legs. And these women are free, free to surrender, free to submit to God.